gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece and pieces Bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left Yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my Good afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Focus on the Facts. Patricia Negron is my co-host, and for the past two years, she has been my partner in crime in the battle to stop the global pedophilia epidemic in the child sex trafficking networks. Today, Trish and I will continue to cover the takedown of the worldwide pedophile and sex trafficking networks. We will discuss the latest shenanigans being pulled in in exposing the Jeffrey Epstein International Child Sex Trafficking Network and the elite politicians, celebrities, and world leaders who are involved in that network. And we'll also cover the latest developments in the Nexium sex cult and the recent guilty pleas that have been entered in that case. Much to our benefit in this battle against the child sex trafficking, over the past week, the attorneys who are out there protecting the pedophiles in legal cases have taken a huge fall and we will discuss the legal charges brought against the attorneys Mark Garagos and Mike Lavinati. In the latest court hearing in the Epstein case, the judge said that Epstein and his attorney, Alan Dershowitz, were both involved in Epstein's child sex trafficking network. And the victim's attorney, Paul Castle, said in a press conference in October 2015 that there is a universe of 24 girls that Dershowitz may have sexually abused. This judge was in charge of the motions to unseal the records in the Epstein case that are now pending. But the 96-year-old judge has now died. So I'll bring Trish on now, and we'll discuss these important developments. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. Wow, it just, the drama never seems to end. It's incredible. But, you know, and and how many of these people died? We're not going to talk about John of God today, but... You know, one of those witnesses um, turned up dead right as the case started gaining uh, more and more public visibility. So um, it's really phenomenal. But you had described um, Claire Bronfman's reaction to all of this and how it's all, uh, you know, falling apart. I think her collapse in the courtroom is um, a wonderful sign for to those of us who have been trying to expose these people. Well, right, and when I say it's our benefit, you know, because, you know, it's all the elite that we're taking down, you know, and it's so hard to get at them. You know, and this Mark Garagos, he's been out there defending these pedophiles, you know, for ages. He was, uh, he was, uh, he represented Michael Jackson in his case, you know, and this Avenatti, now this is, this is so bizarre because as you and I know, um, Avenatti, now he's, he showed up in that Nexium case, and that's what you were talking about in the hearing, um, yes. w- w- that Claire Brockman, when the judge asked her, because she didn't know that, um, Michael Avenatti had met with, uh, prosecutors in New York with Mark Garagos on the Nexium case. And that's right. what the judge asked her when had she hired him, and that's when she fainted, and she, I don't think she knew. But he had yeah, appeared in it, court with Mark Garagos, you know, so um, it, trying to get a plea bargain or something in that case. 
And so then, but then he told her that, uh, then she fainted, and then he told her that uh, he would put off the hearing till the next day, but that she was going to have to tell him that he had a right to know what attorneys are representing people in cases, and they have to enter, right. you know, a notice of appearance and things. And so, and yes, he had appeared in 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 her case, and I don't think she knew it. You know, I think well, it freaked and- her out because she probably had just found out that Mark Caragos was involved with Michael Avenatti in that, uh, in the case it is to extort uh, $25 million, I think it was, from Nike. Right, and it really and, wouldn't and, matter at all, in fact, unless now the Avenatti and, um, how do you say his name, Garago? Garago yeah, Garagos, her attorney. Mark Garagos, yeah. Mark Garagos yeah. uh, is, um, they're both now being charged with, uh, you know, corruption associated with that. So it's like this, we wouldn't really have found any of this out had that case not come forward from a year ago about Nike, right? This, that's what Right. I mean, I think really... it just came, it had just come out on Monday or something. And then I think her court appearance was on Wednesday or something. So she must have just found out about Mark Garagos. It, the news came out about Michael Avenatti first about um, trying to extort Nike. And then, you know, it was a few hours later before it came out that Mark Garagos was involved with him, too, in this scam. You know, and of course, Mar- Michael Avenatti, he's charged with um, old tax evasion, mail fraud, all other, other kinds of charges, too. Out in California, there's two cases against him. But the charges against him, I mean, I've, I've been reading all of them. And they say that he could go to jail for 100 years, and I can see that. I mean, these charges are serious. Well, but as you know, even in the face of serious charges like Jeffrey Epstein was facing for child sex trafficking, multiple counts of child sex trafficking, he managed to buy his way out of that and do it with the help of a powerful, prominent attorney who has also now been implicated and is on the... Um, you know, flight manifest for that Jeffrey Epstein's plane. So, you know, we know he's been back and forth. And it also names, all these same names are associated with every one of these different billionaire child sex trafficking cases. They are all tied together. And you had pointed out that Ben Zemkis had, you know, we had interviewed him, was it a year ago or so, and he named all these people that were tied to one another back in 2007, was it? At a next right, mixer in, yeah, in Connecticut. And I remember at the time when he named Avenatti and Stormy Daniels, I just thought how I couldn't believe that they would be associated. But look, you know, turns out Avenatti is representing Claire Bronkman, who was also there and the one funding the Nexium um, sex cult and child sex trafficking operation. Right. This is, so, this is what, it's so bizarre. You know, I think that, uh, that, right, that, that, right, it was all the way back in um, 2007 in Connecticut. And then I'm going down, I'm looking at his names here. And at that time, yeah, so he shows up in this case now, but this is back in 2007, that he was at this recruitment party that Ben went to. And at that party, yeah, Keith Veneer was there, Stormy Daniels, Allison Mack, Anthony Weiner, Huma Abedin, uh, former uh, New York State Attorney General, Eric Schneiderman, 
and James Elephantis and Pizza Gant fame that uh, you know yeah. that he he's running that you know that we said that he was running that uh, child sex trafficking operation out of that ping pong Comet Pizza in, in yeah. Washington Comet Pizza yeah then Claire Brockman was there Sarah Brockman Nancy Salzman and Nancy Salzman just took a plea um, and he said a dozen or more college women now Ben was with a friend so here it is all the way back then. That we see these Nexium members together, and the in the elites, Humuck, and uh, uh, oh, and then and then later, he said when he was leaving, let's see down here, that um, Elliot Spitzer showed up, and then um, David Brock. Now he's the one that's uh, affiliated with the Comet Ping Pong gang. He used to uh-huh. go with that um, with that guy from da- Comet Ping Pong, and then Michael. But he's Avenatti. also a big. David Brock is also a key um, Democratic operative, remember. He worked oh, directly absolutely. with the Clintons, directly. Yeah. I know, and this is what's so weird. You know, David Brock used to be a Republican. And um, right. he put he put out uh, articles and a book on Anita Hill and a book on Hillary Clinton and, uh, and all these things, and then and then he um, then he he wrote a book and and told how the um, the um, now he's gay, and so he said how the Republicans had put him up to writing that article about Clinton, Hillary and stuff, and and asked for her forgiveness and all this like it wasn't his fault, you know, and so now he's out there and he's he's involved in all these sex cults, yeah, you know this yeah they're all together here. Yeah, and Ben Zinkas is just a random guy. He had gone to this mixer that they focused on. You know, we've heard this from um, others that they really focused on these Yale recruits. And one of the important points to make about Yale, I think, Evelyn, that is worth noting here is the Skull and Bones Society at Yale. Very secretive um, society where, you know, people are groomed and programmed, and then they turn up in all these very powerful, high-level positions all over um, the the government. And um, this Nexium group was really targeting just the Yale women in the same way, and they were corrupting them. You know, the skull and bones, the men have to get in a coffin and sodomize one another as part of their um, initiation. Well, in Nexium, because they know you won't tell anyone about it, right? You're corrupted right off the beginning. With Nexium, they demanded that the women, the recruits, provide um, material that was compromising about them, a secret or... Um, something that no one else knew about them. They had to expose. This is just like the Catholic confession. I just, you know, these themes run throughout. There, it is no accident. But um, they had to provide this blackmail material, and then next thing they knew, they were getting cauterized with a brand on their hip against their will. And so um, it's the same kind of methods used, and, and again, targeting Yale, which is known for its long history, uh, you know, with skull and bones and, and, and undertaking these kinds of, you know, bizarre, sadistic practices with um, recruits into these secret societies. 
sir. And you have to wonder, this is going on that, that Stormy Daniels, a porn pig, was uh, right. new, new Avenatti way back in 2007, and they were at this recruitment party together. And, he, and, and Ben said that uh, Stormy came with her bodyguard, but she slipped into one of the bedrooms with Keith Rainier and Allison Mack, and he speculates that Stormy might have gotten herself branded with Rainier's initials. And if you see um, pictures of the Stormy, the porn pig, um, she has, it looks like she does have an, a, a tattoo, but she's covered it up with this big um, other flowery tattoo over it. Oh, you know, this, is uh, this is now, you know, but you can see it. Right. So I don't know if she oh, got wow. branded there in 2007, but uh, but she's branded. She was definitely no there, and she's definitely tied into it. I mean, we have these independent points of confirmation. That's the thing. Ben Zinkis has no... You know, he's just some guy, He's he, and he's naming all these people, and many of whom we didn't even bring up, Evelyn, remember, and right. we're expecting to hear him name. So this is this was without any prompting whatsoever, and what do you fucking know? But, you know, Michael Avenatti and, um, is tied <sighs> to the Bronxman, for real. And, and, and then after that, after he put that first video, he took a lie detector test. To prove That's that he right. wasn't lying. Because like you said, he yes. had nobody. Friend brought him there. He didn't really understand what it was. He no. was going to. And, but he observed it all. Yep. Yep. And he was he, he's so, highly credible. You listen to him and he's entirely credible and genuine. He you know, he'll say what he did know and what he didn't know, what he remembers and some of the you know, he he's very, very believable. And again, we have independent confirmation now that in fact Avenatti is tied to the Bronxman, and he put them together in that room through Nexium, and he put them together in a room, you know, in a house together more than 10 years ago. So, right. Um, you have is, to wonder then if this wasn't a setup for them to come for to this whole plot to come out and Stormy saying that she had sex with, with uh, Trump, Trump and stuff. I mean, it sure seems awful suspicious to me. Well, Evelyn, we know later. for a fact. Yeah, we know for a fact that the, in the court documents it says that this Nexium was being used as a human compromise operation. That's what they're alleging. So um, that that would fit right along with that. I mean, that's what that is. They were using whatever they knew to try and blackmail people, and they they did it in yeah. a very you know public way, and they had everyone. They needed behind them. I mean, think of who we're talking about. They have total control over the like left-leaning side of the media. So, of course, these figures are going to get tons of attention, right, when they come forward, because they're already, you know, part of the club, and they can. Well, sure. You know, and, and, and getting at these elites, you know, that um, you probably remember it better offhand, but most of the people in that Nexium cult, on in that the leaders of it. Are, are involved with the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Initiative, yep. and the yep. same with in the same with um, with the Epstein's. Epstein supposedly co-founded the Clinton Global Initiative. Gave That's money. what he claims. I mean, yep, Nancy yeah. Saltzman, Claire Bronfman, and others were Clinton Global Initiative members at the time this was going on. So. Um, and and have since you know there's no I think the Clinton Global Initiative was shut down over Christmas the election year very quietly by the Clintons. Um, 
in 2016. Yeah, I think I think this international uh, child sex trafficking network goes right to the Clinton Foundation. All the people that are involved in it that's coming out now are all members of that Clinton Foundation that have donated to it or are on their boards. Right. I think it's being run right out of that Clinton Foundation. Well, and we know that... And that's um, not- well, we there's also, remember, the um, Rainbow Cultural, Pre- Cultural Garden Preschool that never gets mentioned, um, that they were running in London and in Virginia just outside of D.C., and there were a couple, there was one in Mexico, I believe, and uh, one or two others, but these were targeting very wealthy suburbs and um, parents for this program that um, was described in an article as being uh, abusive. It, it, it did not allow the babies to attach to anyone. They were constantly changing their caregivers. Um, they would not allow the parents to engage with the children during the day. I mean, it was a really very bizarre program, and um, and it was written about in detail at one time. And then uh, both the London and the Virginia ones came under investigation for child sex trafficking. And so um, that was also uh, Keith Rainier was running that. And Keith Rainier is a co-defendant of Claire Bronfman and has now been named, as you um, indicated to me, Evelyn, in a superseding indictment for child rape and child pornography. The child pornography piece would be a human compromise piece of the operation, right? So, right. Um, and then uh, that's how the Rainbow Priest cultural preschool garden, whatever you call it, (laughs) was attached to that. And then there was another piece of this, remember, Dr. Brandon Porter, who you mentioned in your notes, who was also at that Nexium mixer named by Ben Zintis, and who was also working, Nancy Saltzman had her home raided, and Brandon Porter was arrested for conducting illegal human experiments. And they were funded to the tune of $30 million by Claire Bronfman. These were the types of studies that Ben Zinkas described happening at this Nexium mixer where Dr. Porter would show snuff films and rape films to unsuspecting women and document their reactions. Um, and so he, this was uh, months before Allison Mack's arrest, this uh, all broke with Nancy Saltzman and Brandon, Dr. Brandon Porter. So, I mean, so they're tied into, this, my point being that it's like, okay, this is not an isolated incident. And the other thing you've talked about, Evelyn, is the fact that Claire Bronfman is funding the defense for Keith Rainier and you look, I, I don't know if Allison Mack is included in that, but there's a fund that has been set up to defend these guys. It's like, why would you, would you fund the defense of someone who had, like, framed you or set you up or betrayed you? If, if all this is not true, why would she be defending him? I don't know, but, but putting up all the money. Supposedly, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like 
Yeah. You know, like, I wouldn't put up the money for somebody who, you know, like, if I if I knew that I was not involved, I would not try to defend that, put up my money to defend that person. Right. I mean, it just doesn't well, make any sense unless she knows that she knew exactly what was going on. Right, right. Well, you know, all the way back, which would have been in 2007, um, the New York Post, Post ran an article titled Hillary's $30,000 $30, Fans Are Her Cult. And she and they had said that um, that following journalist Charles Hurt note that Rainier was run out of Arkansas after Bill Clinton's then-Attorney General, William Winston Bryant, charged the cult leader and two others with fraud and business deception, while Rainier paid fines in both New York and Arkansas on the case, over a decade later, Nexium executives proceeded to donate $29,900 to Hillary's presidential 2006 campaign. And at least three Nexium officials are invitation-only members of the Clinton Global Initiative. On March 14th and 13th that year, records show more than a dozen contributors poured into Clinton's coffers from Nexium, an executive and group awareness training organization led by the Brooklyn-born Keith Bernieri. Most were first-time political donors, each giving $2,300 maximum. Three of the March and April Clinton pledges came from Rainier's most high-profile followers, Sigrid Claire and Sarah Brockman, and Pamela Kravitz, daughter of DCA lister Buffy and Bill Kravitz. Hillary isn't the only Clinton Nexium officials are attracted to. At least three of them, Group President Nancy Salzman and the Brockman sisters, are members of Bill's charitable organization, the Clinton Initiative. Membership is by invitation only and requires at least a $15,000 donation per, per person for a year. So, you know, they're all involved in this. I mean, this is the top. We are there. We are taking down the elites running this yep. child sex trafficking <laughs> global thing. And let's run yep. through that damn Clinton Foundation. Yep. I mean, the the Clinton Foundation has operations all over the world, and they have never, ever once filed in their history a set of um, legitimate audited financials. And they have never, ever, ever registered uh, legally as a charity. And um, what's his name? Does He's, like, done all the research he, and his... His uh, conclusions are indisputable. That Jason Goodman, um, Sunday with Charles. Oh, Charles O'Tell. Charles O'Tell. Yes. 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 He's a no, world, how long world is renowned. <clears throat> he's a world renowned Wall Street analyst, and he went through the Clinton Foundation financials and found them totally non-compliant at any time ever in its history. I know, and, and how long is this allowed to go on? I mean, Charles has been putting out these videos for almost two years, once a week, explaining how this this Clinton Foundation is just a big slush fund, and nothing ever gets done about it. And like you're yeah. saying, they're not registered right, they're not as a charity and all this stuff since the beginning, and everything. Right. But they just go on. They just continue on. Nothing gets yeah. done about it. And they're being protected by the same people. They're in the same Southern District of New York. <laughs> That's how that works there. That's where all the case, the big important cases go to die, is the Southern District of New York. Wow. 
It's and that's just, where, what was is, his name? He resigned. He was, he oversaw. There was a massive in, investigation into the Clinton Foundation during the election. And um, what's his name resigned? Uh, and he was supposedly, you know, going to go hard on financial crimes and all this other stuff. And he gave them a total pass. He, he protected them completely. Um, I can't recall his name, but... Uh, you know, they were. It, he was the attorney general in New York at the time. Right. Well, I'm reading this. I'm reading this. I'm going over my notes, and it says, according to legal filings and public documents, in the last six years, as much as 150 million was taken out of the Bromfins trusts and bank accounts, including 66 million allegedly used to cover Maneri's failed bets in the commodities market, 30 million to buy real estate in Los Angeles, and around. Albany, eleven million for a twenty-two seat two-engine jet, and millions more to support a barrage of lawsuits around the country against the Nexium enemies. So they've been funding this all the time, but now we're to the point that uh, hey, the lawyers in the case are charged. These cases have got to fall apart. I mean, my God, you would think um, the the Nexium case is supposed to start on the twenty-ninth of April. And now the the lawyers in the case have been charged. They aren't going to be allowed to stay on these cases. They're charged with these serious crimes. You would think, but we've also seen the unthinkable happen over and over again, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think about this in the in the um, Epstein case, where you know they had those? I mean, I was I was jonesing because the judge had ruled that they were going to release those documents. You know. And I was jonesing. Right. So the night before they were going to release them, these two attorneys file uh, file a motion to um, keep keep them sealed, keep some of them sealed. And one of the one of the attorneys, this Lowen, his name is, he's a former attorney for um, for uh, uh, Mueller and uh, Comey. Now he's one. He's filed one for John Doe. He filed it under. Then another attorney filed one for a. Uh, um, a Jane Doe, and hers is for a, a victim in the case. And I can understand her motion. She said, you know, that she, her, the victim doesn't want her name exposed and all this. And I can certainly understand that, you know. Sure. And so these motions were filed the night before those documents were going to come out. Like I said, I'm jonesing because I can't wait to get into looking at them, you know, because the documents that were going to come out were specifically – um, to this case against Grizzling, Grizzling Maxwell, um, Jeffrey Epstein's procurer of uh, girls, because one of the girls that had said that, um, had said, you know, about her trafficking um, her to Jeffrey Epstein, the uh, Grizzling Max, Maxwell had come out and said she was lying and everything. So she filed the case against her for defamation, that she wasn't lying, you know. So um, Grizzling settled that case. You know, the night before it was going to go to court, I think it was. And um, so the documents were all sealed. Well, the thing is, in those documents, I know how summary judgments and stuff are, are formed. What they contain are, say, affidavits from the victims. And say in those affidavits, the victims will specify when Epstein and, and Grizzly um, had them perform sex, who they had them perform sex with, where, the different countries, all this, all this different stuff, you know. And... So in there, we would have got the names of these elites that were covered up, right? You know, because right. these victims would have said, like, um, 
like that Virginia Roberts, she said, you know, that she, like Prince and I mean, um, Prince Andrew from um, the UK said that he didn't have sex with her. Well, she said specifically where she had sex with her, him, you know, and right. took place down in the Virgin Islands at Epstein's place and then in, in, in New York and then over in the UK. So, you know, the lawyers in the case uh, say that um, Epstein was not a serious offender and everything and he didn't traffic children across state lines and in other countries. Yes, he did. Yes, he well, there's did. also pictures of these girls with Prince Andrew. It's not like, you know, right. like, it's like, well, what the hell are you doing hanging out with 15-year-old girls? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's Prince Andrew. He's hanging out with 15-year-old girls? Like, what the fuck? Exactly. And, I, and I've said, you know, all these people that were flying around with him, you know, like that um, that that house... Uh, all oh, that house tender or whatever that Epstein had, he got a hold of Epstein's black book, you know, and um, he he would he was showing people everybody that was in that black book, and I guess he tried to I guess he tried to sell it to the Inquirer or something, and you know Epstein only went to jail supposed to be for eighteen months. He was out in thirteen months. Do you know that this housekeeper that he had that had that black book, he they sent him to jail for eighteen months for taking that black book. Wow. And Jeffrey Epstein yeah. did not even spend any time in real jail. And this was after he had been charged, not with, you know, this is a guy who was charged with multiple counts of child sex trafficking, okay? He pleased to a deal of a single count of soliciting a minor, not even being um uh, convicted of child rape when, you know, he's trafficking these girls. And then, as you pointed out, Evelyn, he didn't even have to register as a sex offender. The guy is trafficking, sex trafficking girls all over the world. Right. Right. Well, how they they break that up, what they did was um, uh, when they put the, the prosecution deal or the deal together for him, um, they had all these girls, and the girl that first reported this was was only 14 or 15 when, when Grizzlin picked her up and took her over to Epstein. And what they did then, though, they changed the, the name of the victim to a 16-year-old. So in some states, 16 isn't, um, isn't underage. So they did that on purpose so that he wouldn't have to be listed as a sex offender in all different states. What is the, what is the technicality on which the judge, um, that this case was brought back up, Evelyn, for it being an illegal plea deal, is the reason why it's coming back to it life. Um, and how did that happen? Well, I think the, I think the victim's attorneys um, complained enough. Okay. And it's so taken it this long. I mean, what was that back in, two, what year was that? That's 2007 or 2008 that he was convicted? Yeah. Yeah, it's like 10 years for sure. Yeah, so that much longer. So these victims are out here, you know, They've had to live with this, you know, and there's Epstein and, and the, I mean, um, uh, Dershowitz and them attorneys putting out an editorial saying that uh, he got good treatment, that that was sufficient for him, you know, that he wasn't really a, he wasn't that serious of a, a um, trafficker and everything and, and saying that he didn't traffic him, you know, different states or internationally and stuff. And so that he got the proper deal. You name anybody. Uh, can you imagine? We know. 
Yes. And then the other thing is, like, can you imagine yourself hanging out with someone who you knew had done this kind of thing? Like, well, would you be... Well, now they're trying to switch it over, you know, to blame it on Trump because he, because Acosta became his labor secretary, you know. But it's so sickening because this, this is not true. I don't believe that Trump is involved in this. And this is an international child sex trafficking ring, you know, and I don't yeah. believe that he is involved in this. You know, I, we talk, I told you last week that I watched the press conference with the victim's attorney, and he had said that back in 2009, he sent out a bunch of subpoenas to people that he wanted to talk to about this to see what they knew about it or their involvement or whatever. And he said the only one that, that responded was, was Trump himself, that he called them and told them, you know, you don't need no subpoena or anything. I'll talk to you, whatever you want to talk about. You know, I'll give you as much time as you need. I'll talk to you about the case. And he said he he talked with them, and he and he said in the end that he he helped the investigation, and he said he was not involved in this child sex trafficking thing. So I don't know how he got roped into taking a cost on for his labor secretary. I wonder if he got duped in that, not even realizing. I don't know, but this is no, the sole reason they're trying to pin this on him. Yeah. I mean, I do know and, that, you know, they're given lists of people to choose. They don't actually choose the people themselves. <laughs> you know, so I think that could very well have been the case. But at the same time, though, you know, he's he's taken no action to, to help, you know, end all of this. And it's really very frustrating because while he did say a lot of things initially, we've seen no, there's no meat on those bones um, that he threw out to us regarding the, yep. you know, freezing of assets and all that. Why are all these people still running around the world? Rich, uh, Richard Branson, he's been directly associated with um, the Bronxmans and this uh, cult, and, and he's still running around, too. It's just like no one is being held accountable, and it's really very frustrating. Didn't they take, didn't they take the assets of, um, of someone in the, in the Nexium case? Didn't they just take her assets at Nancy um, Salzman? Oh, maybe as part of this case, but not like I remember the executive orders that Donald Trump had signed to freeze assets. That was just to freeze assets of people abroad that they were targeting to steal from. It didn't. It was just. It wasn't anything material that would address the whole global child sex trafficking issue. And so um, that's more what I am frustrated by is that and you can see it's systemic i mean these judges are all bought off and agreeing to these illegal pleas and we have these attorneys who are you know criminals themselves who are defending the criminals <laughs> it's like that's great well, right, and, and, and then, the airtime right right and then then we're seeing where um you know they had said before that uh epstein got off because he he was cooperating with the FBI, you know, and giving him information in the, you know, in the, um, against, I don't, well, against hedge funds and things. And so that was the big thing that we talked about on other shows, you know, that how could that be? How could he get off for that? You know, I mean, the police down in, in Florida, when this deal was made, they had over a hundred girls that wow. had trafficked and had trafficked to other people. And everything, and they went ahead and, and pulled off that plea deal, you know. Well, so, for a single, you know, we were like, yeah, we were like, you know, how could he get off because of that? Anyhow, but come to find out, he did not. 
he did not. He was not cooperating with the judge. Um, the Fox Business uh, investigation did a, a did a big in, interview on that, and his own lawyers came out and said he did not uh, cooperate in anything. Wow. So, so uh, it, this, we were le- people were led to believe this, you know, that this is why he got off. And me and you talked about that, that that was awful. That what yeah. did he give them that would justify letting him off on this serious of a case. But now, now he, he didn't to begin with. So they just let him off on purpose. So anyways, now that we're sitting here and we're waiting, like I said, I was jonesing for those records to be released. And then uh, February 22nd, here comes out a case, the judge dies. Judge Kenneth Morrow, Palm Beach County. Very conveniently timed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had, he was the one that said that that plea agreement for Epstein had been kept hidden and that it was illegal. Yeah. So here we are. So then they, they filed that motion at the last minute, and now the guy dies. Do you know what the status uh, is at this point? Or have they appointed a new judge? Um, no, I haven't been able to find out that they have. You know, I've been looking every day, trying to keep up with this every minute. But, uh, yeah, yeah this is, this is just awful. Who was, yeah, who are they hiding behind that yeah. John Doe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Judge Mara recounted how Epstein sexually abused more than 30 girls, some of them barely teenagers, between 1997 and 2007. It happened at his Palm Beach mansion, at Epstein's other homes in this country and overseas. Female recruiters brought the girls to Epstein. Some shed their tops or all their clothes while Epstein, as Mara wrote, masturbated himself. With other girls, the conduct escalated to full sexual intercourse. Some visited Epstein 100 times or more. This is what was going on. This is what is going on, and this is what you and I are working so hard to expose that this got to stop. Yeah. So yeah, now these are billionaires. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yep. yep. So now I don't know what's going to happen um, because he was the one that was sitting on these motions. So who right. are they going to put in there to replace him? Right. And, but, you, you know, know and but I, I guess the good news is at least more of it got exposed. You know what I mean? I, I while we may never be able to really hold these, these, you know, some of the people accountable today, it's like, you know, people can't, now it's it's gotten to the point where no one can deny it. I mean, add to John of God and his ties to all those billionaires too. And the guy is accused of, you know, Using girls to have babies that he sells and then he kills off the girls after 10 years. I mean, it, it's like uh, you you can't deny it anymore. And then James Alphonsus being tied to Nexium by Benzinkas. He's entirely credible. And we have every reason yep. to believe him that that's who he saw there. Yeah. And, you know, and, and all these attorneys you know, that are involved in protecting these pedophiles, you know, they're, they're just as sick as the pedophiles are protecting. Oh, yeah. You know, well, well, you know, I mean, like Kenneth Starr, what a joke. You know, he got fired from um, Baylor University for covering up all the uh, the sex abuse going on down there at that uh, at that university, all the rapes and everything. 
Yeah. You know, so this was back in 2016. It said Kenneth Starr caught up in his own sex scandals as rumors swirled that the former special prosecutor has been forced to step down as Baylor president amid claims the school mishandled instances of rape and assault. I mean, these are serious cases. I was reading through this. These guys were raping girls and filming it and passing it around to the other ball players. Wow. It's, it's so, so Just horrible. Just like the Catholic priest in um, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, these, these attorneys are pedophiles themselves. Here's Trump. Yep. I mean, I mean, here's here's uh, uh, Ken Starr. I mean, I was so mad back when he was uh, investigating Clinton. Of course, back that's the old days. But when he came out with that final report, and he put it up there on the internet, and he put everything in there about all of uh, Clinton and Monica's shenanigans, you know, the fine details and everything. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, my God, I mean, it's got filthy stuff in there. Little kids can go on there and read this. I, I, I viewed it as a porno report he was putting up on the Internet. You know, and this would have been back in what what would have been probably, I don't know, 95, 96, or 98. I don't know, but it was back in the old days when there wasn't stuff right. like that on the Internet. And it was like, my God, how can he do that? So now we find out, you know, years later, here he is down there hiding up, hiding out this, uh, these these athletes raping girls on the campus and, uh, and, and then making videos and giving them to all the other boys to watch. Ugh. This is so Yeah. Well, so and Evelyn, too, just as a reminder, again, um, a point of connection here with the Clintons is that in 2015 or 13, um, Chuck Todd, did a report on MSNBC of a child sex trafficking cover-up at the State Department under Hillary Clinton that reached the highest level. And this, so this was a cover-up of a child sex trafficking, a known child sex trafficking ring that the Hillary Clinton obviously knew about and was covering up and reached the highest levels of the State Department. So you want to tell right. me that all those other billionaires weren't aware and like, you know, again, like, don't tell me that these people don't all know what the fuck is going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They know. They know what was going on and, and it's finally getting exposed. But I think our best, our best uh, thing that we've had in this battle is these, these attorneys being exposed. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it you know, really has because been a it's like, who else are they going to get to represent them? These filthy pigs, right? <laughs> you know, incredible. But we find, yeah. So I was looking looking at my notes here. Um, oh, I was coming to the uh, things about where she hired Mark, Gar- where she hired Mark Garagos, and when when she fainted in in, uh, in the courtroom. And then, yeah, the next, and then the latest things that have come out is uh, Nexium leader had sexual relations with underage girls, court documents. And they're also saying that, um, and these were like 12 year old girls, right? These were very young girls, like 12 ish. 
says his co-defendants were aware and facilitating Ranieri's sexual relationship with two underage victims, a 15-year-old girl who was employed by Nancy Salzman and who 10 years later became Ranier's first-line slave in the DOS, finally reads. Prosecutors say they found sexually explicit images of the child constituting child pornography that were created and possessed by Ranieri and electronic communications between the victim and Ranieri's reflecting their sexual relationship and indicating it had began when she was 15 years old. So these were just charges that were just filed uh, in the middle of March. So well, that's good. I mean, saying, that's definitely the right direction for that we want this to go. You know, mm-hmm. so that's something well, that's that's all, you know, it's memorialized now in court documents, which is nice, sure. too. Well, you know, I can't keep it all straight. You know, I mean, we're, we're putting these these sex cults are all tied together. You know, these people are all involved in, you know, like all the problems with the Clinton Foundation. You know, but to keep them all straight. <sighs> yeah. So now uh, Claire Brompton moves to sever trial from those charged with sex crimes. Yeah, they want to get they want to get out now that they now that they've come out. You know what that? Right. Right. Well, I'll be really interested um, to see if they allow. Like I. I I mean, these guys are charged with felonies. I don't see how those attorneys can continue to function, though. You know, Alan Dershowitz kept at it, you know. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Well, I, well, yeah, I know what it just kills me. Like. Dershowitz keeps saying that he's not involved in this, you know, and, and then he's out there and he's doing his usual uh, stunt in the, when he's interviewed and stuff, saying that, uh, explaining that this girl's just a troublemaker. You know, and and then he puts out a he puts out a, a, a editorial saying he wants the um, FBI to investigate him, but he wants them to investigate um, that girl too that's making up these lies about him. You know, and that's what he did back when when they were doing that prosecution agreement. You know, he hired private detectives to go out and find dig up all kinds of dirt on all the different girls. You know, and then he would put that out there that these girls are liars and they're making this all up. And all this kind of stuff, you know. I mean, they got so much money to fight these victims. Well, that's it's entirely awesome. unethical, too. It's a direct violation of legal ethics to do that in the first place. But then all these fucking, you know, mainstream channels give him a platform to do it. It's utterly unethical and unprofessional, right? You know, it's a on its face, and then. To, and then to give him that platform and never give her a platform to speak, I mean, it's unconscionable. And only a slime ball would do that. You don't just have to be an attorney. You have to be someone who's trying to cover your ass and, and hide something you don't want people to see about you. I mean, there's, it's just the most pathetic, repulsive behavior imaginable. Sure. And this Garagos, you know, he's tied in with, with the Clintons so deep too. Back in the 90s, he got an acquittal in an embezzlement case against Susan McDougall, who was previously convicted in the Whitewater scandal involving Bill Clinton. Right. A few years later, he represented Clinton's brother, Roger Clinton, in a drunken driving case. You know, and then he represented Michael Jackson uh, for a little while, but Jackson got rid of him because he said he wanted a lawyer who devote his full time to the case. But then Garagos represented um, him a few years later to settle a lawsuit 
for $2.5 million over the owner of the charter jet company. Secretly recorded the singer. So, I mean, these guys have been, been in here the whole time. Right. Well, again, you know, we have this Ben Zemkis taking us back 10 years that they're already clearly connected. So, sure. That next <laughs> well, party. Yeah. Well, the Frank report, that, that's put out by the guy who actually turned, turned these people in, that he used to be a PR agent right. Right. or something. And he puts out, you know, stuff every day on the latest happenings. And he's a really good reporter on this. So they're saying that... Tell people uh, where they can find thing, him. Pardon? Tell people where they can find him. Oh, oh he, just type in the Frank report. The on Frank Google? report, F-R-A-N-K, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, okay. And, and another thing, uh, Michael Avenatti... This is so, so bizarre. He's in the R. Kelly case, too, representing uh, two of the, the people that are accusing, uh, representing uh, the R. Kelly's victims, I think the parents of one of the victims um, that R. Kelly is keeping at her at his house, one of the girls' parents. So he's oh, in the middle really? of that case, too. Yeah, this is so bizarre. You know? Wow. So, Yeah. And this was another thing. Listen to this. Creepy porn lawyer Avenetti was representing accused Russian dossier dossier creator Alexandra Chalupa. What? Yes. Isn't this so bizarre? Yes. Holy cow. Accused of being involved in the creation of the fake Russian Trump dossier against President Trump. Now in less than a few days. The Mueller sham investigation is over, and the creepy porn lawyer is facing jail time. Oh Jesus! This is so deep. I mean, so political. Yeah, yeah, it's such nonsense, and that's all on our dime. This is what people yeah. are paying, you know, are running around doing, while millions of Americans go homeless, hungry, and without health care, and and we're blowing up babies across the globe. Jesus. Yeah, and and the and the mainstream media is so horrible about this. They keep having that. Uh, they keep having that pedophile uh, Dershowitz on constantly, and 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 Avenatti, and they don't ask him anything about their case. Right. Right. I mean, it is so bizarre. And and the thing is, Garagos was a um, was a, a pundit on CNN, and uh, he got fired. Oh, wow. When was that? That was just this last week. Oh, okay. After, after it oh, came after out that he's charges. involved in this case. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here they are, you know, that they, they've had these, they've had uh, Garagos as a pundit, and then Avenatti they keep having on, and uh, then this all comes crashing down. Yeah, they're not looking so smart these days. No, 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 they're looking pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, the latest thing that they said that uh, Claire Bopton wants to keep Garagos, but Avenatti fired. But, of course, uh, Garagos ain't going to be allowed to stay in the case either. And this is the thing. They've invested all their money in, in, in funding all these, these court cases and stuff, and here we are set to go to trial, and it looks like two of the attorneys are going to be thrown out of the case. What are they going to do? 
Right. I mean, the last time think, the judge Oh, was, you know what just occurred uh, to me, Evelyn? I wonder, yeah. I have to wonder if, um, you know, it's a way to create another delay. Yeah, like, right. To just buy more time. And that they'll let those guys off. I don't know. Like, it just kind of hit me as though, you know, what a, they'll have to get new attorneys. The, po- the proceedings will be delayed, of course. Right? So, like, just like this judge dropping dead at oh so convenient an hour in Jeffrey Epstein's case. So, I, you know, I, I, I could believe that if that's what is actually unfolding. I hope it's not. But and even if it is, we have to make sure they don't get away with it. That's the thing is, you know, they pull these kinds of stunts all the time. And so the network, you know, this truther community is getting really, really effective at taking those um, those attempts by them to twist the truth and then unraveling it in front of their eyes. So um, that, you know, at worst, that's what I hope happens is that we, you know, prevent them from succeeding in their attempts to to forestall any punishment. Yeah. Well, I'll just read what the court said here um, on Friday when he, the last hearing on in the Nexium case. He said, I'll do Mr. Ranieri on Friday. I just want to clarify one thing. Nobody has. There is no privilege associated with the retention of counsel. So when I ask about whether someone is someone's counsel or not, or has been, I expect an answer to that question. Am I understanding from the government and Mr. Lesko, who can clarify it, that when last week at about the same time that I was holding Ms. Bronfman's hearing on 319, her quirky hearing, there was also a meeting of Mr. Garagos and Mr. Avenatti with the government about this case. I'm not discussing what was said or what was asked or what was responded to. I'm just saying there was a meeting. It wasn't, it wasn't it about, and correct me if I'm wrong, some civil case up in Albany? It was about this case, and Mr. Avenatti has been retained in this case. So I want answers. I want to know why I wasn't told last week that Mr. Avenatti had been retained as part of this whole discussion of this Jericho discussion. I want to know that because I should have been told who the lawyers are. When the defendant had her episode just now, unfortunately, and I hope she's feeling better, no one should get sick over this. Several people got up who are also her lawyers, but they may not be her lawyers in this case. But if they meet with the government about this case, then they're lawyers in this case, and I can control and run this case. And I don't want any excuses about privilege and with regard to who her lawyers are. You're going to tell me who her lawyers are. You're going to tell me when they are retained. This is also the individual, I would add, who set up an irrevocable trust to hire lawyers for everybody else. So she's got a pretty good idea of how to deal with getting lawyers for everybody, and I assume she starts with number one herself. You know, she's Whoa. Yeah, he's mad. Believe me, he's mad. I'm sitting here with the transcript. I went and got that. And yeah. he's, he's mad, you know, that what is going on here? Yeah. Good for him. So anyhow, yeah, on March 28th, Laura Salzman pled guilty to one count each of racketeering and racketeering conspiracy. And I think the reason they're doing this, that they want out now that, that, now that it's been revealed, those counts of him... Um, having sex with child and making child pornography, that they know this yeah. is horrible for them. They don't want to go to trial. Right. So now uh, Nancy Saltzman is awaiting her sentencing? Yeah, I think they said it probably won't be till September, like that. 
Yeah, but anyhow, on um, but they told the judge then. I think it was on Friday that uh, that that Mark Lesko from the New York District DOJ prosecutor Mark Lesko told Judge Garofis that he met with Mark Garagos and Michael Avenatti concerning Claire Bromfin's criminal case. This revealed publicly that surprisingly news that Avenatti likely represents Claire Bromfin. <laughs> Who revealed that, Evelyn? Um, the um, the uh, prosecutor from the Eastern District of New York told the oh, judge. Okay. He must have showed up in court. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the judge pressed the defense for an answer. If Avenatti, who was arrested this week on attempted extortion charges, indeed did represent Brockman. This caused the delicate heiress to fate get away. <laughs> she recovered shortly thereafter and left the courtroom. Yeah, well, I'm sure she had heard about uh, Garagos, but then when he hit her with that, that Avenatti, of course, yeah. she was at the party back in 2007 when Avenatti was there, so it's not like she didn't know. Yep. He was in thick. So, okay, Trish, I think we're making real headway in our battle here. Yeah. So, you uh, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you, we'll people. And we'll keep you up. Yep, we'll keep you updated next week. Say goodbye. Peace and pieces, bloody and bruised. I feel so helpless and confused. Cause I hear screaming on the left.